in between. All right, let's start the next episode. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in really quick and pick up right back here. Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Go ahead. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Johansson.us. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R-A-P-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. Again, uh, no Andrew today. We got Rick, but he's uh, disappeared for a moment, and he had to go do something. There he is. Oh, he's back, sort of. Uh, He got back just in time, huh? Got cold. Had to get a blankie. Oh, no. Are you outside or something? Are you outside or something? Yeah, I'm sitting outside. It was nice, but now it's not so nice out in the sun. <laughs> Sun's starting to go down early. Uh, yeah, this is about the time that I I like to go outside when on a work day because the house is shadowing the table that I'm at, so I can see better on screens yeah. and stuff. Anyway, uh, so today we're reviewing Star Wars: The Bad Batch season three, episode two, Paths. Unknown paths unknown. Uh, first, we're gonna we're not gonna have any news today. We're gonna do a Funko unboxing though, and then we're gonna go through the episode, uh, tell us tell some about the cast a little bit, and go through the episode, and then uh, have some discussion afterwards. So let's uh, let's do the unboxing first. I don't have any fancy music or anything yet, but we'll try this one here. Now we have a special treat. It's unboxings. Oh, that sounds okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, I got to share my screen now. So I want this and I want audio. Okay. Now we can see that screen, Rick. I see a traffic code. Is it playing? It's not playing. It's black screen on my it's the black screen of death oh I love this one this was my favorite no don't tell me the video's messed up you got a new Darth Vader <laughs> okay now stop sharing because that video is hey look we got a new Kyle wow uh, I think that one is messed up. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to actually no, let's just skip it and I'll re I'll redo it later. 
Uh, so we'll do number three instead. We'll we'll go out of order and do number three. And share the No, wait, I wasn't ready. This stupid player wants to autoplay. I'm not ready. Share sound. Okay. Uh, you see it now? Look at that. It's like looks like the same thing from before. It's not. All right. Let me fast forward it all the way back to the beginning. Go. All right, here we go again with another one. What can this one be? Wow, these are all in the same looking box. What's going on? What's going Got on? Besides, my, my trusty uh, letter opener that causes me to bleed sometimes. You're going to stab yourself. Yeah, no. Good stab. Stabbing myself. Star Wars! Oh, oh this was different. different. Look. Star Wars, uh, one ninety-seven. Remember the number? The smaller the number, the older the. Uh, bat. The That's gotta be ancient. One ninety-seven. Bobblehead. The back. Who could that be? I mean, I think oh, I got an idea. Oh, it's right there. Can you read that? I, uh, I can read it, but the, I don't know if anybody else can. Kylo Ren collection. Looks like Kylo uh, Ren collection. That's funny. Which is the, uh, oh, Ren. You know, the dark uh, droid BB-8. All right. Anyway, look, it's Rose. Yeah. Rose! Pull it over. She's wearing her uniform. Couldn't see it on there. She's wearing her little mechanics uniform still. That's right. She was a mechanic, oh, if you don't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. She's such a delicate flower. 97. Yeah, Rose. Okay, there she is. And her black hair and black eyes. All right. That's an unboxing. That's it. <laughs> oh. Let's push the button again. Now we have a special treat. It's unboxings. Oh, it doesn't work at the end. <laughs> All right. Uh, one second for me to get the audio only sharing. There it is. All right, so that was uh, our second unboxing. It's actually the third recording, but uh, I need to fix this the other one. And uh, today we're talking about the uh, Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 2, and we have a new set of directors for the episode called Paths Unknown. It was directed by Nate Villan Villanueva. Yeah, Villanueva. Um, written by Matt Mitchovitz, and it was also the story. He was also the story editor, which you mentioned in the last episode. Um, Dave Filoni, he hasn't written an episode yet so far. Uh, the music score is Kevin Kinner, Sean Kinner, and Deanna Kinner. Like I said, they're showing the whole family now, so they make sure that they get some work after this. And uh, we have several Bad Batch characters. We have Hunter and and uh, a couple more. And they're all done by D. Bradley Baker. That guy's talented. No Omega this time. No uh, Omega. So Julian Dennison does Deke, um, which is um, one of the young clones that we 
get see in this episode and stack. Uh, Liam O'Brien is Deveron's captain, and he also plays one of the the Pike uh, that we see. Uh, and Angela Houston, yes, that Angela Houston, the one who was uh, what the Munsters, she played yeah. the yeah. She is the voice of Issa Durand, the uh, lady that's up on the throne. Yeah, uh, I catch that part. I missed that one. Daniel Logan is, which Daniel Logan is the uh, who who played Boba Fett in the uh, prequels, the young Ooh. Boba Fett. Um, Daniel Logan plays the voice of Mox, which is another one of those uh, other kid troopers. He's the one that might be in charge. We don't know. And Tom Taylorson is Roland Duran, which is the uh, the uh, subordinate brother that's doing everything that the that Issa wants to, you know. He's like the uh, court jester guy. I don't know. I don't know. He's the, he's yeah. the one that has, uh, he's not quite as uh, um, no, I won't say that. He only has one horn. Yeah, he's got one horn cut off. We'll find out about why later. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not as horny as the other one. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't yes. resist. Yes, I like it. Okay, all right. So those are our cast and crew. Um, I'm I think I got all of them there, but uh, we're running kind of on the fly here. So if I missed any of them, let me know. Um, the website will will be current though. It'll have all the correct ones on it. And we're going to do another commercial, and I'm going to do one we haven't done in a while. We are proud to welcome our latest sponsor, Juan's Cantina, where every first week of the month on the standard galactic calendar, we celebrate what the ancients call Cinco de Mayo. Come join us at Juan's for the food, mariachi music, and 34 flavors of margaritas. That's Juan's Cantina right next to the Hangar 94 of Moss Eisley Spaceport. On day two of the week is Taco Tuesday. All tacos are half a credit each and enjoyed with our house margaritas. Juan's yeah, Cantina also serves the Galactically famous Dos Camarones Azul Cerveza, imported directly from Kessel. Thank you again for our latest sponsor, Juan's Cantina. <laughs> you, you want to, uh... <laughs> they, uh... They have over, over 25 flavors of margarita there. 25. Can you imagine that? Um, that's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, I imagine it as being a fairly good-sized bar. You know, not a, uh, a small little hole-in-the-wall place like some of these Mexican restaurants we know nowadays. All right. So let's get into this uh, Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 2, Pass Unknown, originally aired Wednesday, February 21st. Um, running time was, I'm not sure. And we're going, uh, still between 18 and 19 before the battle of Yavin, which as always is when the death star blew up. I think it was like so 32, that, 32 or 33 minutes. It was a little longer. Yeah, it was a little bit longer. Um, and it was, it was pretty good episode too. Yeah. Uh, time to grab your favorite beverage and pull up your chair to join us in the rebel Alliance briefing room. Cause we're going to. Spoil everything you got. Woo-wee. 
Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's what that's going to say. So we got your attention. So if you, uh, you know, haven't watched episode one or two, I would recommend it before you even start continuing listening to this. Um, if you're adventurous, then go for it. We'll, we'll let you uh, do that. So we start out on the planet Deveron is what it's called. And Roland Deveron and his mother, uh, Lady Issa Durand, try a Devorian captain at their fortress. So he's uh, done something wrong, and they're, uh, they're, he's, he's on trial. He's trying to get, he's trying to prove his innocence. Uh, the captain protests his innocence, but Lady Durand convinces, convicts the captain of conspiracy against her family. Um, the captain defiantly tells her that the syndicate has grown weak under her command. And she asks the other captains if they agree. And we see them up in these little cubby holes all around the place, little, uh, Box seats, maybe you'd say. Um, and they, of course, remain silent because they don't want to be, uh, you know, killed by Lady Durand or themselves. So Lady Durand triggers a trapdoor, which fall the captain falls into a red light gro- glowing before the trap. Clap that. Still can't talk. A red light glows before the trapdoor shuts. And it looks like a bottomless pit, right? You can't see the bottom, really. Um, and I wanted to restate so Dur- the Duran family and the Duran syndicate have been throughout Star Wars as a uh, big crime family. Um, they they do sell a lot of the uh, you know the drugs they call them the spice, um, but they do deal a lot in um, uh, black market stuff, stuff that you can't normally get, and they're very powerful. Uh, so just with that, you know, we kind of. See that reinforced here at the beginning. What they know people. They know people. Yes, they know. They know the people. They know the, they know the wrong people, and they disappear into a deep dark hole. Right. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, the trap door shuts, and then we see a few more people getting ready to come in, and we recognize them as Hunter and Wrecker, who bring in a captive Pike. Lady Duran says they were brave to enter her court and credits her son Roland for credits them for convincing her son Roland to let her grant them in, into um, the room as an audience. Uh, Hunter returns Roland's severed horn. Here you go. I found it for you. This there is the is. only reason. That's probably why they got in there is because they promised to get the horn. Yeah. And the hunter explains he ca- has captured the pike who has disgraced the Duran family. Uh, I guess there's maybe a bounty on him, and uh, that's the other reason they got in, is because they have this pike guy. Uh, Wrecker says the prisoner is all theirs, while Hunter reassures the Durans that the capture won't be traced back to them. Lady Duran orders her guards to drag the prisoner to the dungeons. As he is led away, he vows that his quarrel isn't over. So the uh, Pike guy is is dispute. He's not happy. He's probably gonna get thrown down in the deep hole later. Deep hole, yeah. He's just going to be in a cell for a while and then get thrown in the hole. 
He's gonna be tortured, and maybe who knows? Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he just has to put it up there, and it'll it'll like heal or something. I don't know. Oh. He kept Lady, it. He kept it. Yeah. Lady Duran remarks that the Bad Batch must have been desperate to cross the Pike Syndicate in order to get intelligence. They seek and inquires into their matter. Hunter explains that Dr. Royce Himlock stole someone who is valuable to them, and they heard the Duran Syndicate has connections. They know people. Know people. Uh, uh, and they need to find the Imperial's base. He demands that she uphold her side of the bargain, and Lady Duran activates the bridge, and her son Roland speaks to the clones. He explains that Himlock's location is closely guarded. Shh, don't tell anybody we know this. Uh, it's guarded by the Galactic Empire, but uh, they have a source. Ooh, they they do know somebody, and found and have found the coordinates to his lab. After Roland handed the coordinates in a chip, Lady Duran warns the clones to leave before her generosity runs out. Her fingers on the button. I'm gonna push the button. Roland wishes them well and find in and finding their friends. I hope you find him. I what kind of buds now since you got my horn back? Yeah, we're buddies. And we see the clones depart Deveron on the Marauder. While traveling through hyperspace, Wrecker tells Hunter that Echo and Rex will take two rotations to meet them at their coordinates. So uh, they're all going to meet at uh, Tannis, is my guess. So. Rex, too, which uh, is interesting, but I guess that's Echo and Rex are working together all the time now, so yeah. it might as well be both of them. Hope it burns um, Hunter is in a hurry, but Wrecker cautions him the last time they stormed an Imperial base without backup. What happened? Uh, not all of them escaped, which uh, is a reference to uh, Tech. Attack. Yeah, where's he at? Hunter is unwilling to abandon Omega for another day. So that's why he's in such a hurry. Following the coordinates supplied by the Durans, the clones travel to a jungle world known as Cetron. Cetron. I think that's the first time I've heard the name of that planet. I always thought it was Tannis. Uh, okay, let's. I'm going to read something here. Cetron was a Cetron was a jungle planet dominated by large trees, shrouded in mist, train uneven. Appeared green from real space, but it was a but they had a rancid smell. There's something, uh, you know, in the planet that uh, produced some sort of stinky moss. It's too much uh, fiber, we, and we see that in the episode. They talk about that in the episode too. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, following the coordinates to the Drans, the clones travel to the jungle, Cetron. After landing their ship, uh, Wrecker remarks that the surroundings smell like a rancid Jotas. Which, I've never heard that either, but let's see. Okay, that's a big, uh, scary monster. Jotas were species of large, aggressive, but slow predators found on the planet Zepho. They had uh, thick hides and strong forearms. Brute strength or overwhelmed most of their enemies 
Uh, but they had vulnerabilities such as the abdomen region and the skin, where the skin was the thinnest. Anyway, so we learned about I that. I didn't brush its teeth. That's why it stunk so bad. Kind of like Billy has some mama sap crocodile so mean because it never gets to brush its teeth. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Hunter finds that the, their scanners are not working and believes the Empire is jamming them. Continuing their search, they discover uh, the ruins of Hemlock's laboratory, which was destroyed by orbital bombardment. So apparently it's a lost laboratory. The one before, maybe. When Wrecker asks if Omega was here, Hunter suggests... I missed something here, didn't I? No. Wrecker asks if Omega was here. Hunter suggests the Durans and Tullens could be wrong and suggest they investigate the site anyway. While exploring the surrounding jun- jungle, Hunter senses that they are not alone. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. We're not alone. I think I'm alone now. They they find themselves surrounded by a young two young cadets named Deke and Stack, who are armed with improvised weapons. When the cadets ask them to identify themselves, Hunter and Wrecker remove their helmets and explain they are fellow clones. We're brothers. We're just like you. Except we're older and bigger. <laughs> uh, one cadet remarks that they look look like clones, but they're but they don't recognize them. They must be defective clones. When Hunter asks what they are doing out here, one of the cadets explains that they are survivors. When one asks if the Empire sent them to finish them off, Wrecker reassures them that they are not with the Empire. We are not. We have nothing to do with the Empire. We don't like them. Hunter explains that they are looking for a female clone, and Hunter thinks that she may have been sent to the lab here. One of the cadets thinks that Mox will help but his comrade disagrees. Hunter pleads with a cadet, cadets for help. Please, please help me. Please. I need, I need to find Omega now right away. The cadets allow the Bad Batch to follow them, but warn them not to touch the Slither Vines. Do not touch. The first cadet explains that the Empire transfers them off a of Camino under the pretext of training them but instead transferred them to the jungle world where they were made prisoner and had samples of their blood extracted. Hunter asks, what was the Empire doing here? What? What? Oh my gosh, what are they doing? The first cadet explains that the Empire destroyed the laboratory and the cadets were among the survivors. He has that they have been surviving in the jungle for quite a while, it seems like. Uh, Hunter... Hunter and Wrecker are attacked by Slither Vines. Probably because Wrecker bumped into one, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which which grabs them and, you know, starts to pull on them. And Hunter manages to free Wrecker with a knife. And the four flee. When Wrecker asks about the vines, the first cadet explains that the Slither Vine was a genetic engineered weapon created by the Empire, which went out of control. Uh Uh-oh. So they they had a habit of throwing that stuff out in the jungle here, too. The second cadet thinks that the vines 
or why the Empire destroyed the facility and they bombarded it. Cadets lead their way to a, a crag which the Slurvines have not spread to yet. An area crag. Uh, the cadets introduce Hunter and Wrecker to Mox. And it looks like that's probably when they go into the cave there, right? Yeah. Or was it before the cave? I don't know. No, that was it. Mox is suspicious of the clones, of course. And Hunter explains they're looking for a female clone named Omega. Omega. Uh, who has been taken by Dr. Hemlock. Mox says he has not seen a female clone. Because those are rare, right? Uh, but rec recognized Hemlock as one of the, the one running the base. He explains the Empire abandoned the facility one in, in one day. Just one day, that was it. Didn't take him two days. One day. He and his fellow, his fellow cadets took the opportunity to escape, and the three of them were the only ones that survived the orbital bombardment. That's not very nice. He killed everybody. That's not nice at all. Uh, Mox adds that even the clone troopers were... Clone troopers had abandoned them. One of the cadets adds that they are following orders. What is it? Good soldiers follow orders? Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders, yeah. Wrecker says they have lost, also lost people. Hunter offers to take the cadets somewhere safe, but wants to find out uh, where Hamlock took Omega first, and believes that there must be some intelligence within the base. He, he wants to go to the base. That's that's not good. Stax explains that the base, control one of the control panels he thinks is still intact during their last scouting trip and he tried to use a sig to sing this signal but there was no power somebody turned the power off well it was bombed oh yeah well you know minor somebody, detail somebody destroyed the power junctions huh solar panels uh, didn't work that's right there are no more solar panels on top because they're bombed the heck out of them uh when hunter asks the cadets if they can take them there mox warns the former base is toxic and tells Hunter and Wrecker that they are on their own. Uh-oh. We're not going with you. You're on your own. Deke says, Deke says the clones need to help and volunteer and go with them. And Mox warns of the dangers. Mox still doesn't trust. After, after the clones left, Stack remarks that they thought Deke was the smart one. Deke's the one that that goes and volunteers to go. The rest of them stay. The two stay. Uh, into the base. So Deke tells Hunter and Wrecker that he can get them inside the ruins, but warns that they will need a power source for the console. And Wrecker says, hey, I've got that covered. We need to go back to the ship first. Uh, so Deke asks about Omega. Who is this Omega? Hunter says she has been gone for a long for too long but vows not to give up on her deke wishes the other clones cared for them and say that and says that they may be defective but they sure are loyal to each other the uh, marauder at the marauder deke notices the ship has been has seen some action it's due to the dents and scorch marks and 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 all that stuff stack remarks that he is he hoped to fly a starship on a mission at some point. Uh, 
That's you know that's part of his training. And Wrecker retrieves the gonk droid, gonky, while Deke dons a breath mask. Which, uh, which uh, since is foretelling all the danger, a breath mask probably so he can, he doesn't have to smell the stink anymore, right? Probably. Uh, the clones travel into the former base, Imperial base, which is color- covered with slither vines. As they travel deeper into the base, Deke explains that he and his comrades had to stop scavenging due to the spread of the vines. When Hunter asks about the nature of the Imperial experiments, Deke is unsure about their nature, but he says it was nothing good. Nothing good at all. Venturing deeper, Deke is, gra- is grabbed by a vine and Hunter and Wrecker manage to free him again. They soon encounter vines that have evolved into three-legged creatures. What? Hunter kills one of them, but the others scurry into the darkness, running away. Back at the back at the cave, Stack proposes stealing the Bad Batch's ship, but Mox disagrees, saying it will make them not any better than the clone troopers who abandoned them in the first place. Mox says that he respects Hunter and Wrecker for risking their lives to save members of their squad. Stack thinks the three uh, clones could survive. They won't survive the Slither Vines, and he fears that they will be that they will wait their turn, wait for them to return, and they'll never return. Mox asks Stack where where is the ship, and Stack replies, "It is up on the North Ridge." And Mox says, show me where it's at. And meanwhile, Hunter and Wrecker and Deke locate the console in a putrid swamp. Stinky. Stinky swamp. Hunter and Wrecker shoot at creatures and slithers and whatever. (laughs) Elsewhere, Stack and Mox manage to unlock the Marauder's doors by... uh, Jump starting it, which is I thought I thought was funny. Just spark a couple wires together and the door opens. Yeah, just take a panel off, hit a couple wires, you're in. I I thought that was fun. That's that's pretty poor uh, security protocol on that ship there. Yeah, if if it's that easy. Uh, But then again, that's probably why it's so easy. You know, all throughout Star Wars to steal ships and stuff, they just. Just jump in and go, right? It's a manufacturer's uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. Um meanwhile, Hunter, Wrecker, and Deke uh locate the console. After lifting the wreckage, they attach Gonky to the console. They hear strange sounds, and Hunter senses a creature is approaching them from the swamp. Bum, bum, bum. While Deke operates the console, several tendrils emerge from the swamp. Hunter and Wrecker shoot the creatures. <laughs> Elsewhere, Stack and Mox have unlocked the door. Inside the inside, Mox asks Stack if he can fly the ship. Stack replies, he was top of his class. I know how to fly everything. Which seems to be a repeating three theme in Star Wars too. Everybody knows how to fly everything. Yeah, they were trained. 
they all they all went to fighter training on how to fly every ship around class. When Mox asks where they will go, Stack says anywhere but Cetron. And Stack spots that a DC seventeen, which Mox notices a when Mox notices the Toka doll behind uh the little area that Omega would sleep in. The two cadets were then receive a distress call from Deke. He says, Hey, hey, we're in trouble. We're being attacked by these slither things that we already knew we were going to be attacked by. Uh, <laughs> the Bad Batch managed to download the data from the console, which I wasn't clear that they were able to download at all, but the clones then escape with Gonky as the mutated vines converge on them all over the place and throw them around and they shoot and cut and kill them while climbing structures Deke falls, but Hunter pulls him up miraculously. And he's like, he's like, dude, you really do care about people. That's a, that's pretty you righteous, love man. You love me. They reach the surface, but find themselves surrounded by more slither vines. Stack and Mox arrive with the marauder, and Mox extends the grappling cables, which the three clones and Gonky use to ascend to the ship. The slither vines extend around the ship and start to, you know, shake it and pull it towards the ground. And a maw emerges, something with a big mouth and teeth. That's what we call a maw, I guess. I don't know. Um, it looked like the Corlac. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of similar to the, uh, I don't know, the, the space maw that we saw in the solo movie, but not really. It was, that was a little different, but. Yeah, or, well, kind of similar. Yeah, it was it was kind of lots of teeth. That's all I remember. Lots of teeth. I, uh, this was the swamp variety, not the space variety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the slither vines uh, revealing itself. Uh, it is interesting. Okay, so it says the clones start to ascend. The slither vines extend, and a maw emerges from the ground, revealing itself to be a mutated variant that resembles a Sarlacc. Yeah, look at you. Sarlacc. It's a Sarlacc pit mutated. Of course, it's all black and dark because it's been mutated by the Empire, the dark side. Uh, the clones fire at the Maw, and Wrecker even throws a thermal detonator at it, which doesn't really do much damage at all. It just pisses it off even more. <laughs> That's right. It starts to come up even higher out of the ground. And at Wrecker's urging, he tells the cadets to bring the cache of explosives, which they throw into the Maul of the Beast, which I thought that was actually kind of overkill, but they they took care of it. Wrecker's probably going to be upset that they got rid of all of his cache his of weapons. But, his boom-boom uh, whip. This causes the giant slither vine to implode, allowing the Mauler, the, mar the Marauder to break free. The Bad Batch escape with Gonky aboard, and the ship is flown into hyperspace. Later, Hunter pours over the data while Wrecker exchanges jokes with the cadets while Gonky watches going gong, gong, gong. Based on the data extracted, Hunter learns that Hemlock has transferred his base and his experiments to a new location. 
a new location. Oh. Interesting. He learns that the base is in a certain sector. Doesn't say what the sector is, but a certain sector. Wrecker vows to find Omega, and Hunter tells the cadets that they they will first drop them off at a peaceful island uh, on Pabu, which we've seen in, in the last episode, the last season is that uh, remote island that nobody knows about. They're going to have a beach vacation. Which seems like a lot of people seem to know about now. My time <laughs> and sunsets. That's right. And a, a couple, every once in a while there's an earthquake quake that washes the water up over the Minor detail. Island. <laughs> when Mox questions their purpose without being without being in an army, Hunter says that they will find time and figure it out, figure their lives out. He tells them to make their own paths and something other than and be something other than soldiers. Hunter says that he and Wrecker's mission is not over yet, and he shakes his hands with Mox and the the camera focuses on Omega's Tuka doll back in the, the back of, of the Marauder. And then we get credits. Do, 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 do. And uh, that's the end of our episode. So we're looking for some feedback. We want to know your thoughts and predictions and anything you can come up with. You know, rebreed us. Uh, tell us uh, we we suck because nobody can read over there. So you can send that to feedback at kylejohansen.us. We also have a link on the left hand side of the website that takes you to a form to fill out on the uh, Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website. We're on Twitter at super underscore duper underscore pod. We're on Blue Sky at Rebel Alliance Briefing Room, all one word. And we'll be posting a video of this uh, podcast to YouTube where you can put comments there as well. So what did you think about this episode? It was a little different. Uh, it was good to see the the, the uh, boys again. Yeah, it was. I was uh, kind of surprised that there was not a re- reuniting of uh, Omega and the fellows, but I guess it's still early. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen right away too. We, we uh, you know, we know by episode three what happens, but I kind of expected it to happen this episode. So, me too. I guess they're drawing it out a little bit. Uh, to, uh, they don't have to write as much. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I I don't know if the the uh, I I forgot their names now, but the horny the horny characters at the beginning. If we're going to see them the again down. The Duran. We might. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We might. I would say that they're somewhat allies now of, of the Bad Batch, maybe. At least yeah, the one yeah. guy with the with the horn that got cut. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. We, we've actually seen him in previous episodes. He was the guy that took over um, uh, what's-her-name's uh, bar for a while. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We had seen him. Last he was the same guy, and they cut off his horn at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pikes. Uh, the Pike, the Pike crew did. Yeah. yeah, the Pike crew did. And that's where you got, apparently got the horn from us with the Pike crew. But yeah, um, so we've seen him before. And I think I think they're somewhat friends because he's 
helped them help Duran a couple times. They've helped him. So I think they're somewhat friends. You know, they're not uh, best friends, but they're allies, let's say. As good of friends as you can be to people like that. Well, I think they have a common cause, that, you know, against the Empire, basically. True, true. True. Uh, so that was our episode. Um, again, it was called uh, Pass Unknown. So we're going to, unless you have anything else, Rick, I'm going to run the outro and we'll get prepared for episode three. Go for it. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Johansson.us. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. Yeah. Oh, no, this podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past some, some or present employers. Some, some, some views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, own. Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any reproduction or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. Prohibited. I am Kyle Johnson. That's me. This is Andrew Scott's. Nope, that's Rick. Say goodbye now. That's Rick up there. That's Rick. Uh, which, in actuality, the video will be, you'll be on one of these sides. This side or that side. I don't know which one yet. Yeah, whatever. I have it shrunk up so I can fit it on the screen so it doesn't show what it re- shows in real life. But I, you I'm know, you would think, you would think since we, I've had all this time off in between shows, I would have fixed these, these things that I play because we don't do surveys anymore. We don't, you know, we need to add Rick's name on there. We need to, there's a couple things I, I've been noticing that need to change. Yeah, which, uh, I've just been lazy, I guess. Working the work and it's called priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that was this episode. So let's give uh, a goodbye and uh, we'll wait a few seconds and we'll start a new episode starting now. <laughs>